Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial and your safe money solutions. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. Well, I'm happy to welcome you to uh, another edition of Second Half Now. We have such a great time and have such great guests on this show, and we talk about important matters. This is a radio show for boomers and beyonders, and we talk about the uh, things that uh, we care about and things uh, about life in with us in the 50-plus generation. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, and I will be introducing our studio guest here in a moment. But I want to talk to you, first of all, if, if those who are listening right now, I want to talk about the issue of fulfilling your calling. Because what we do is we really try to present uh, uh, quality information, substance, so to help you thrive in those five uh, critical core topic areas. Well, I'll mention those in just a moment. But what I want to ask you, do you know what your calling is? That is, do you know what God has uniquely shaped you to do and to be at this stage? You know, when we cross the uh, the 50-year line, we're looking around and we're saying, gosh, life is sure different now than it was when we were 20 and 25. And uh, we have different options. We have different opportunities. We have, we've been beat up by different things in life. We've had our ups and our downs and our wins and our losses. And we got bumps and bruises. But you know what? Now is a time that God is going to uh, really work in us and through us in some amazing ways. And he, first of all, wants to help us find and fulfill our calling. So one thing you might be thinking about, if you haven't identified your calling, what is it that matters to you? To you, what's important? As you look at your life or you look at the world or your neighborhood or your church, what really matters to you? What turns your engines on? What gets your juices flowing that you really want to make a difference. That's something that you really care about. I think that's really, really significant because our calling is not some laborious task that we need to um, begrudgingly fulfill and, you know, check it off on the checklist. This is something that we are excited about, something that means a lot to us. So another way to ask that question could be this. What kind of people or causes would you like to help? What draws you where you would like to put in your time and your talent, your treasure that does make a difference, but something that calls deep within you? And that's when uh, when life gets exciting and deeply rewarding when you find and fulfill your calling. So let's talk about it. Our guest today will help us with that. And the title for today's show is this. Follow your calling. Start a nonprofit. Hmm. I bet you didn't hear that one coming, but uh, that's how people do it. And our guest today is going to tell us about um, some examples of people that are doing exactly that and how life is going and how life is richer and better for them. So, again, the uh, type topic for today is follow your calling, start a nonprofit. So we are uh, seeking to help baby boomers thrive so they can find and fulfill their calling. And these are the five core uh, life topic areas. Number one, home and family. Number two, health and wellness. Number three, budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. Today's topic is going to fall well within the category work and purpose. Again, the title of today's show is Follow Your Calling, Start a Nonprofit. And I have 
the queen of nonprofits in the studio, and she's already chuckling. We have talked a lot about um, how Pat Johnson helps um, nonprofits get started. Her ministry is called, or her service, I guess it's a ministry. Is it a nonprofit, Pat? Yes. Okay, yes, you helped yourself <laughs> get that started. It's called Ministry 911, and it's based in uh, Vancouver, right across the river. And Pat Johnson, I want to thank you for coming today, and welcome to Second Half Now. Thank you very much, Dan. It's my pleasure and privilege to be here. We have got a lot on the docket here, so let's get yes. going. Okay. So uh, I, we have agreed that uh, when when boomers take a look around and they say, you know, I'm not done yet. I've got fuel in the tank. I've got energy. I've got passion. I've got interest. I want to make a difference. I think that goes all the way back to when we were young people. We wanted to change the world. Whatever side of the Vietnam War we were on, we wanted to make a difference. I mean, it was the, you know, the whole, it was the Kennedy assassination. It was the Nixon resignation. It was the uh, uh, the love, uh, what was that? The free love uh, thing. It was, um, uh, what was it? Woodstock and all of that stuff. <laughs> but deep inside of us, we wanted to make a difference. Maybe we were too young and too dumb at that time and didn't have enough leverage, didn't have enough essence really to do that. But now that life has happened and maybe we're married and maybe we're not and we've had kids or not, but now we're looking at life differently. So uh, that's what I really enjoy talking with you, Pat, about because you have the privilege of helping. And I'll, I'll just say some almost 200 nonprofits uh, get started and they all born out of passion and out of an interest, a drive to actually make a difference. So let's talk about what it means to have a calling. So um, I've kind of said some things. Let me get your take on it. What does it mean to have a, for a person to say, I have a calling and, and this is what I know I, I need to do? Well, just to kind of uh, piggyback on what you said previously uh, about us ha- always having that component in our lives, I think it has something to do with the fact that we are made in the image of God. Yeah. And God is a builder. He is probably the, the king of kings of nonprofits mm-hmm. and everything else. But uh, he, uh, his whole heart is to, make, to create change and make a difference. Now, what does it mean to, to have a calling on your life? I have been asked that many, many times. Uh, and so I've given it a lot of thought. And there's a few things that um, really ring a bell with me. Number one, it's an unshakable conviction mm. that you need to do something. I like that. And you generally, there's generally a, di- a direction that kind of is in your mind, and it almost always has a divine component. Mm-hmm. But it's an unshakable convin- conviction, uh, and or what we might call a sense, uh, another thing is a sense of destiny. Uh, we've heard things like, uh, I was born to do this. Right. You know, this, right. is, this is what I'm all about. Or you might find that it's a reoccurring pattern in your life, that uh, things that you do and hobbies that you have or when you help people, it may be a reoccurring pattern that just keeps showing showing up and uh, one of the things that I kind of humorously said when somebody asked me that but I think there's truth to it it's something that you both love and at times hate but you can't Mm -hmm. leave it alone can't leave it alone you just have to keep going with it and I would say along with that you're probably good at it because you have the passion and people know that you care about that thing yes and they acknowledge that they Mm -hmm. might even talk to you about Mm -hmm. that and might comment about that in your life you know, they might say something like, that's really important to you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of people who volunteer or who 
uh, take on extra responsibilities because now maybe they're not building the career anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe the kids are out of the house. Maybe they're empty nesters. But now they're starting to turn to do something that really matters, and it shows. It does. It shows. And sometimes it's not a lifelong thing. Sometimes it's a Mm short-term thing. I think of Oscar Schindler, and he was a failure from the word go, and yet the World War II came along, and he, God literally raised him up to save over 11 thousand or eleven hundred mm. I can't remember just now how many Jews. Oh Schindler's by, list? Is yes. that what that oh okay yes by okay. Uh, developing this uh, foundry, this factory where he made uh, pots and pans and then later on he was commissioned by the Nazis to make shells and he just uh, had a little thing about tweaking them just so they never worked and they, the Nazis <laughs> never seemed to, to catch on to that but he was called for that specific time and he was no good afterwards he failed at everything he did afterwards but he was called for that particular purpose at that particular time I have not heard that story now Paul uh, refers to that as the love of God constraineth me mm-hmm. and so we have sometimes that's the part where we can't leave it alone You know, that we're constrained. And whether we know it or not, I do believe it's God because he's made us. He has a future for us. And he's given us the wherewithal to do that. So it only makes sense that it all goes together. And not only does he plant that desire in us and that that passion, but he also gives us the tools that we need to do that. In terms of skills and abilities and spiritual Mm -hmm. gifts and opportunities and relationships and resources and all of that. He gives that to us. to. So uh, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but I think we are defining what it means to have a calling. And so I'd like to invite our listeners just to think, Do you, do you, you? Uh, is there something that you can identify that you are doing or would like to do that really, really means a lot to you? There's a good chance that that might be in the neighborhood of your calling. It may or may not be exactly what you're thinking, but uh, but uh, in that realm, I would imagine. Another element of that calling is that it brings you a deep, satisfying mm, joy. Right. And you are feel good when you're doing it. And right. it's not an ego trip. There's just something deep down that feels right about what you're doing. And it gives you a tremendous sense of fulfillment and joy. And I think as we look at our world, there's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of Absolutely. a lot of need, a lot of lack. Mm-hmm. And um, what I was saying earlier is that if you can think about the kind of person or kind of cause where you think you would like to make a difference, you know, maybe it's uh, young children, maybe it's seniors, maybe it's the handicapped, maybe it's the homeless, you know, maybe it's, you know, it could be anything. What kind of person? Would you like to, um, do you feel drawn to uh, to make a difference in their life? And that, that is a hint about what the calling is. Mm-hmm. I so. think that what you just said, there's a drawing. Yeah. You're drawn right. to a particular direction. Right. And your calling will draw you. Right. I want to say this, and I said this to you the other day, Pat, um, and I don't think it's premature because I, uh, if I think of it, I'll say it later too. When you pursue this, when you begin to understand about your calling, you say, oh, gosh, maybe that is what I'm called to do. And you start moving in that direction and it gets more meaningful and you start to really get a hold of that. And pretty soon, and this is the way I like to say it, pretty soon you don't have the calling anymore. The calling has you. That's so, so true. That's the constraint. That's Mm -hmm. the compelling. That's Mm -hmm. you can't not do it. 
Right, so, right. And not everybody is at that point. There are degrees of kind of discovering that mm-hmm. calling. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's move on and talk to our audience about uh, various aspects of calling. Because when you help people start a nonprofit, that's based on a calling that they feel that they have. And because you do have to get some structure, some organization, some make some sense of it so you can kind of put the pieces together so that you can do that. Not everyone necessarily needs to start a 501c3 or a nonprofit, mm-hmm. but let's talk about that as we go. So this boomer generation, we have kind of a unique situation in our lives and uh, maybe like no other generation. And so let's dwell with that a little bit. What is it that makes this season of life and by boomers, we're talking about 50 plus. Right. What is it that makes it a, an ideal season of life to be pursuing something that really matters? There's about four things that come to my mind immediately. Uh, first of all, they're entering that area of life, that age of life that's called the empty nester. Right. So to some extent, it's a lot for some and fewer for others, but there is a less of a of responsibility, uh, issues competing for their attention and for uh, their responsibility for their response. So that em- empty nester age group is just uh, an open door to start. And let me just add on to that. It's more than the nest being empty. It's in some ways, it's the heart that's empty when the kids are gone, particularly for the wife, I think, who has Mm -hmm. been mothering all these years Mm -hmm. and the kids needed her. Mm -hmm. I mean, she went to the PTA meeting. She went to the lunch, you know, at the kids and she went to the soccer games. And dad is a whole other thing. But Mm -hmm. I mean, mom's very much involved. And when they are empty nest, then mom's looking around and saying, gosh, my kids don't need me anymore. And not in the same way. Yeah. And you know, that's not necessarily a physical thing. Sometimes the kids are still there and everything, or some of them, but they have grown up and they have their own personalities or what have you. And the parent still has that sense of not being needed. Right. And that they've kind of done their thing. What's um, the second one? The second thing is uh, lessons learned. I, I call mm. it uh, hitting the brick walls. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the time we right. get to the boomer years, hopefully, uh, we've had our share of brick walls that we kind of begin to get an idea of how things should be and shouldn't be. Right. And we've learned life lessons. Yeah. You know, the scripture says young people and, and young ones for a zeal and excitement and energy, mm-hmm. but older folks for for wisdom and knowledge. And so we have accumulated all all of this um, knowledge and wisdom and experience. Uh, So it it gives us a perfect time to be able to uh, uh, devote ourselves to a calling and be able to do it right. <laughs> Not so many new brick walls and what right. have you. One thing yeah. you mentioned about all the joy and the happiness and the fulfillment, that's that's true. But there's also oftentimes it's a lot of hard work and there's uh, some heartbreak involved. Remember Paul, again, said there, there lies before me an open door. And all that sounded so good until he added with persecutions. Right. So, right. you know, in following your calling, you're not going to waltz off into the sunset and, and, you know, it's going to be happiness all the way. It's going to be some of the hardest work you've ever done, but yeah. there'll be a joy in it and a fulfillment in it that really makes it worthwhile. Someone shared a quote with me recently, um, and it makes sense in this application. It's, uh, it's from Mike Tyson, the, uh, the famous tough guy boxer. And his quote was, um, everybody has a plan 
until you get hit in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, That's so true. that changes the game. And the third one is resources. By the time we get to be boomers, why we have accumulated a certain amount of resources, and I don't just mean financial. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, if we've been blessed that way, it's wonderful. But we have the resources of education and the resources of skills, of skills learned, the resources of, of uh, communication and how to handle people and all kinds of, of those kind of resources. And, and, then, and connections and relationships. You know, yes. my kids who are in their 30s oftentimes will contact me by email or phone or Skype. or I mean, my kids are kind of scattered. And uh, they'll say, uh, Dad, do you know anybody that could? And then fill in the blank. And they say, uh, you know, actually, I do happen to know a good, you know, a good realtor or a good mm -hmm. mortgage guy or a good, you know, consultant or a good mm -hmm. uh, graphic artist or whatever they they need. Uh, and so we do have those connections. Absolutely. And we've kind of weeded them out and we know which ones are the value ones yes. that we really want to, that we feel good about referring yes, somebody that's, that's, to. That is not only true, it's really, really important. We're going to hear number, what was that? We're going to hear number four right after the break. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step -step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Life changes have happened and it's time to sell your house. That can be a difficult process when you've lived there for decades, especially under tragic circumstances like losing a spouse. 24-7 Properties takes the time to go over the details of your unique situation and understand your needs. We do what we can to maximize the value of your home. Learn online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 247 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 503-780-3030.
We are continuing our conversation with Pat Johnson and Ministry 911, where she helps people actually all across the country to find their uh, their calling and then to put that into a structural form, an operational form, uh, in terms of a nonprofit. And uh, so we're going to continue that conversation with Pat right after. I um, read some of the names of our sponsors and partners. We're so pleased to have the ones that you just heard about, Dignity Memorial, Golden Placement Services, and 24-7 Properties. I want to add to that list these folks, Your Safe Money Solutions, Dan the Mortgage Man, uh, Dave Rutan with Waddell and Reed Financial Advisors. Uh, did I say that Dan the Mortgage Man, he's with First Priority Financial uh, excellent uh, mortgage guy there. Dream Trips, and then Portland City Acupuncture with Mariko. I I uh, was treated acupuncture uh, last week for the very first time in my life, and it was a miracle. I thought maybe she was Jesus. She healed <laughs> very, very bad pain. So uh, and then we also have uh, the next phase coaching with uh, Eric Howard and Beaverton Family Chiropractic, Dr. Dan Miller, and Maximized Living. So, Pat, let's get back into it. We're going to hear uh, number four, which we're, uh, we're talking about the different kinds of things that, that uh, boomers have <coughs> Excuse me, at this stage. I think the fourth one is probably the most compelling, <coughs> and that is we enter into a season when we realize there's more life behind us than before us yeah. on this earth, as far as that goes. And we all have a sense and a need to feel like that we have left something behind that's worthwhile, mm, yeah. a sense of significance, a sense of having made a difference. And uh, the closer we get to the other side, that becomes more urgent. And it's really interesting that in the uh, various uh, gurus of psychology, they identify that particular stage uh, in a person's life as uh, that very, very meaningful one that allows them to transition into glory in a, right. in a healthy way. Right. So that fourth one is is that need to make a difference. And I, I like what you're kind of painting a picture for us. The calendar is going, and we're kind of looking at that and say the clock is running out. We're in the second half, so if you're going to win the game— you got to change your strategy. You have to up your defense or sharpen your offense or something. I'm kind of using the sports analogy there. But I think people who are 50, 60, 70 are saying, you know, I don't know how much time I have left. And if I'm going to leave this world having done something important, I better get going. I, I want to talk about that. I want to, I want to, what do I do? What can I do to find my calling and then actually uh, arrange a way where legally I can do that uh, in terms of a we usually say the 501c3, the nonprofit. Um, so let's talk about that, Pat. I see you with your list there, and uh, you have helped uh, close to 200 nonprofits get up and running and started and trained, and that's in just a period of three years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. It is. Yeah. It really is. And you had connections around the country because you were mm -hmm. the founder of Love Inc. I don't know if that that hasn't come out on this show. Mm -hmm. Last time you were on the show, on the program, we talked about that. Yeah. Co-founder, and then I was eventually the national director. National director of mm -hmm. Love Inc. Out of World Vision. Yes. Uh, networking with uh, nonprofits and churches and individuals to help meet the needs of people in the communities right. around the country. Mm -hmm. So very significant. Mm -hmm. So um, what are people doing these days? What are let's 
let's hear about some of those. Well, one of the things that's distinctive about nonprofits is that it's always helping someone. Mm, it's yeah. linked to relationship, and it's linked to helping those who need our um our services. So we have uh, all kinds of them. Uh, a couple close to my heart are a couple of medical ones we have. One is a uh, medical team that goes to China, and they do heart transplants on orphans and uh, uh, children who have been deserted. Wow. And then we have another one in American Samoa that have, that do uh, have a, a cardiac clinic, and they... Uh, address heart disease but those are overseas we have so many things right here um and before you mention another one uh-huh. i don't want to uh, cut you off on that last sentence but uh we're gonna have to wind down on this side because we're going to go over to the podcast this is the kind of winding down for our on-air portion so what i want to say is uh if you're listening now you've got to come back and hear the rest of it it's not available on the radio you have to go to our website secondhalfnow.com and then go to the uh, show radio show archive tab i think it is and the rest of the show part 2 we call it will be there pat's going to uh, talk about some of the really outstanding things that are being done across the country with uh, 501c3s and nonprofits with people finding and fulfilling their passion what i want to announce though is as we wrap up this side of follow your calling, start a nonprofit, give you a little bit of heads up of what is coming. So we have coming up on the schedule, Diane Delaney and Cherie Henry with Golden Placement Services. They're one of our favorite sponsors. They've been on here before, and we're going to hear some more about their work. Um, what about retirement income and Social Security questions? Jay, Jay i got to get this right. Jay Sh- <laughs> I'm having a hard time. You'll know why I'm having a hard time once I can say it. Jason Susie. Okay, Jason Susie and Pat Magora with Thrivent. And we have emergency preparedness. Big conferences coming up, and we have the coordinator coming in, Dan Terry. And all this and a whole lot more on Second Half Now. So you want to go to our website and scroll around uh, under the archive tab and find these shows or just tune in on the radio and you can hear us right there. So good things happening here. You can hear us around the clock and around the world with our podcast when you go to secondhalfnow.com. If you want to get in touch with Pat um, and you haven't gone to the, uh, to the website yet, go to ministry911.net. Got that right? Okay, and if you didn't get a chance to write that down, just go to um, our website, secondhalfnow.com. Fill out a contact form, turn that in, and we'll get you hooked up with Pat. So we want to encourage you to tune in every Monday. That's when we're on the air, 5.30 to 6 p.m., KKPZ 1330. Then go, of course, uh, to our website, Around the Clock and Around the World, secondhalfnow.com. All the shows are there, and you can almost binge listen uh, with all the good stuff that we have there. So if you have questions about today's topic, I uh, want to learn more about Ministry 911 and Pat Johnson and um, starting a nonprofit. First of all, you got to go to the podcast, go to our website, and hear the rest of the show. But do let us know and um, be in touch with us. And uh, we want to thank you for listening today. It means a lot that you are partnering with us in ministry, and we're bringing you excellent content. Uh, second half now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. That's us, the 50-plus crowd. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. Thank you for listening today. Let's continue our conversation with Pat Johnson on part two of the website, secondhalfnow.com. See you there.
Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial and your safe money solutions. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial and your safe money solutions. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And we are back. We are continuing with part two of the show that we started earlier. And the title of the show is Follow Your Calling, Start a Nonprofit. And I know you might be thinking, what? That's too much work, too much money, too much organization. I don't have a lawyer. Well, don't worry, because we've got Pat Johnson in the studio, and she's going to answer that. And we're going to build a vision for what it means to follow your calling in a sense that it, that it um, really is the right thing to do to structure it, to form it, to name it and to move ahead with the right kinds of things that uh, that kind of an entity, that organized legal entity of a 501c3 really needs and really frees you to do what really is important to you. If you are listening to part two and you've not listened to part one, you really ought to go back and listen to part one first. That is the foundation. We're kind of setting the stage for what we're talking about now. And so uh, did I introduce myself yet? I don't know. I'm Dr. Dan Critchett, host of Second Half Now. And uh, this is the podcast side, and you cannot hear this part on the radio. So this is just between us. You have dialed us up on your laptop, your desktop, your mobile device, your smartphone, your tablet, whatever it is, whatever gizmo, your two cans and a string, or whatever, however you hook up to the Internet, here we are. In studio with me today is Pat Johnson. She is with Ministry 911, and uh, she has been instrumental in helping start almost 200 501c3 nonprofits across the country in the last three years. And Pat, I think you're going to keep doing this, and it's going to be another 200 or three or five or six, right? I I think so, because uh, a lot of these nonprofits now, or I should say several of these nonprofits now, are ready to replicate. They are ready to Uh, spawn more of what they're doing. So it's a real movement of God. Wow. So, you know, when somebody is engaged in uh, doing something that really matters, I think they change, but their aura changes, and people look and they say, that person is so excited doing that thing, whatever that thing is, and uh, I wonder if I could find what it is right for me and if I could do that same thing. So we want to make sure that we give your contact info uh, a couple of times during part two here of our show that we are now talking this title, Follow Your Calling, Start a Nonprofit. So let's get back into where we left off on part one, Pat, and you were 
talking about some of the nonprofits that you have actually helped, and I'm just so intrigued by, you know, many of these nonprofits are not something that I would feel called to do, but that's perfectly okay. That's how God works. He individualizes. He calls you to do this, me to do that, and others to do other things, and together we build a team of what God is doing in our world. Mm-hmm. So let's hear some of the other nonprofits. Well, when we think about nonprofits and ministry or services to people, we kind of go to this stereotype, you know, that we mm-hmm. hear all the time about the homeless and and uh, this and that, which is perfect. They're legitimate. There's no question about that. Right. But that's the top layer. There are so many, many other areas. In fact, I am amazed at the creativity of God's people. Some of the ones uh, that are amazing to me, or they're all amazing to me, but there's one uh, that we're just doing called Annalise Animals, and they are developing a nonprofit, No Kill animal shelter. So so many of these shelters have a time limit on the animals and then they have to be euthanized, but this one doesn't. So that that's creative and that's really interesting. Uh, there's one, I won't give all of their names because some of them prefer I not, but there's one that is particularly dedicated to kids on the street. We have a surprising amount of kids that are more than latchkey kids. They're kids literally living on the streets. And so um, there's ministries and and services that God is raising up to not only feed and clothe and and keep these kids warm, but they need love and they need Mm -hmm. all kinds of things. They need families and what have you. And so there's a lot of people doing that. There's one called Intentional Parenting, where they have a, it's a whole ministry that is goes across the country, and they help people to uh, to choose to deliberately and intentionally raise their children and their families according to biblical principles. And before and that's, you go on, uh, an amazing one. Okay, because I, uh, I just wanted to pause in between the uh, the, the list here. I want to go back to the one about the kids. So, uh, and and I want to help our listeners kind of understand what it means to have a passion for something or to feel a calling. So you're driving downtown or you're driving in a neighborhood and you see a kid who probably doesn't have a home to go to. And, uh, you know, we don't know, maybe he's sleeping on the sidewalk or maybe he's just alone in an area. And there are some people who say, that's not right. I want to make a difference. That's the kind of person that I want to help. It shouldn't be right that a young teenager is on the street. I mean, look at all the danger that's there and all the wrong direction that this kid is going to end up going. I want to do something about that. That is a calling. That's when a person is is kind of attached and compelled to do something about that situation. Absolutely. And then the, the next on your list was about about. Uh, parenting and intentional parenting. So if you have a heart for the home, a heart for the family, a heart for kids and, and parents, and you're just drawn to that, that is an indication that that might be a calling for you. And you mentioned what you're mentioning. uh, We can call relationships. Yeah. You know, there's always a relationship involved. So it's not just a a sterile doing this or that. There are relationships involved. And so along with that comes again, great joy and fulfillment, but many times a lot of heartbreak too. Right. And sorrow comes with it. Um, Another one that's very interesting. It's a whole different category 
It's called Assumptions, and they go into universities and talk with uh, and train professors to be able to give biblical views in their classrooms without being churchy and without hmm. speaking Christianese. But we need that. being able to help these uh, educators communicate God's principles in a meaningful way without, again, sounding churchy. And well, that's um, an amazing one. And that's a nonprofit. Yes. Mm-hmm. So somebody saw that as a vision where mm-hmm. they wanted to make a difference. Mm-hmm. What a great impact. Isn't that something? To provide that kind of um, influence in colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. And somebody felt the calling to organize that and to put together a team and open up opportunities yes. and get some funding maybe yes. to, to do that, and that that was their calling. Uh, another one was where some people were taking trips or on business or whatever, and they, they realized that they were always waiting for flights, and everybody else is waiting for flights. Yeah. And a lot of times those people don't look very happy. Right. So they got the idea of having chaplains in the airports that were just uh, unobtrusive and were just there. So they had to go to the port commission of that particular town to uh they thought they were going to have to sell them and really make a case and all this sort of thing so they went in all ready to do it and they began talking and the commission uh listened for a few minutes and they said we just have one question and uh they said what's that and they said how soon can you start wow and now this was not this was done in such a way yeah. that then the airport did not have to give way to <clears throat> other religions and uh, groups and so on and so forth because they were just very unobtrusive sitting down beside somebody who looked like they had a problem or concerned and just talking to them no uniforms no logos no anything and that that has been a a tremendous um, i've done a lot of traveling and i've saw so many people like that and it's wonderful to to see that sort of thing happen we've had things like of course uh christian schools private schools from mm-hmm. uh, from the ground up and it's that those of course are wonderful uh, several men's ministries that take men to out uh, boating and rapid shooting rapids and all that sort of thing and in the process of that whole trip they begin to talk about life matters and serious things and and how to uh, relate to your family and so on and so forth so all of these as you said the list goes on and on but they have a couple, several things in common number one uh like you said all of a sudden something clicks with a person right. he says i i would love to be able to help with that i want to do that or they see a particular need and it just it just clicks and it won't go away. That passion just stays and stays until, like Paul says, they're constrained. They right. just simply have to do something about it. So it, it's a wonderful process to see, and it's a, a wonderful process to be in. If you have a heart to help people, you might um, feel drawn to all kinds of different situations. And I want to make a distinction here. So you see the kid on the street or you see the elderly person or the homeless or whatever. What I do in those kind of, because I, I like to, I love to help people and I like to particularly help people help people. And so when I see a need, I, I might think, gosh, what a great opportunity. But if I don't feel like that's my role, that's not my calling, even though I can have compassion for that particular need and for mm-hmm. that that person. But that that only says that we're here to help. We're here to serve people. 
So you know, for our listeners, um, it's not just that you see a need and you feel like you know somebody ought to do something. It's when you can actually picture yourself and you feel drawn to be a part of the solution you want to help. Mm-hmm. Now, there are existing nonprofits and organizations and others that are already helping, and maybe that's your path. Maybe you join with them and bring what you have mm-hmm. to offer and get on with what they're doing. However, you might have an idea of doing something specific or unique or something that is really you, what you can do in that role. And then we're talking about not only that calling, but organizing it in the form of a nonprofit and a 501c3. And then you want to give Pat a call. Let's give out that web address, uh, ministry911.net. And let's give your 360, uh, you're in Washington and Vancouver. Let's give that phone number. 360-600-1489. 360-600-1489, and we're right at the Vancouver Mall. You are. Mm-hmm. I've been in that uh, area, in fact, in that office. In fact, I'm going to have an office in that same building yes. pretty soon, yes. starting like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So I, th- I think we're uncovering some things here, Pat. This is really, really helpful. And I just want our listeners to uh, be open to what God might be doing to pull and to draw and to push or whatever he has to do. In fact, you know, um, sometimes, and I'll put it this way, sometimes when, you know that um, that uh, um, poster on the wall that about uh, the, the footprints in yes. the sand, yes. you know, it gets down to saying, well, uh, you know, the person says, well, when times were really tough, there was only one set of footprints. What happened? How come you deserted me? And Jesus says, I didn't desert you. That's when I carried you. Yes. But here's an ending that I hadn't heard of before, but I'll share it with you if you haven't heard it before in our audience. And uh, and then Jesus says, and that, that groove, that deep groove in the sand, that's when I dragged you kicking and screaming. <laughs> <clears throat> and sometimes yes. it is that because we have a heart to do yes. something, but we say, oh, I can't do that, or I don't want to do that, or I'm not good enough, or I don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Maybe Jesus is going to bring you, uh, not just with the footsteps, with that groove in the sand, because, you know, we resist. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean when we have a heart to do something, we will find the obstacles mm-hmm. or they'll just get right in our face and we'll say, OK, yeah, you're right. I can't do that. That's so, kind of what happened to me in, in discovering my calling. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in it before I knew what I was doing, Yeah. you know, and it was something I just couldn't let go of. And it was always helping people to help people. And right. then uh, one day the Lord revealed to me that my calling was not a title or something like that. It was actually the scripture of 2 Timothy 2.2 for us to commit, assuming that we're qualified and all of that, to commit to faithful, qualified, loyal people who will turn around and commit the same thing to others. I call it the gospel 101. Yeah, passing it on, Mm -hmm. multiplying, And so when I look back at all the things that the Lord has had me doing, they've all had that element. Right. And it was always preparing someone to do something that will pass on to someone else to someone else. Well, let me ask you then, personally, Mm -hmm. because you said when God revealed that to you, what did that mean to you that you kind of, now you had a sense of what it is that you were created to do what did that mean to you personally uh well it's st- <laughs> it started out kicking and screaming yeah. because my husband uh, um, uh, was married to a pastor and he never insisted that i do anything particular but this one time and this one time he saddled me with a youth group and i thought no way i'm not going to do this but um after i uh 
threatened to poison his soup and a few other things, you know. <laughs> I gave in to it, and I thought, um, my question came to my mind, what kind of a, of a group do you want? And I thought to myself that I wanted a group that put <clears throat> feet to their faith, that it wouldn't just be a fun dime and uh, religious icing on a cake of entertainment or whatever, right. but but their lives would become meaningful and invested in others. Well, that uh, sojourn lasted 18 years, and it developed into what we call Timothy Group and so on and so forth, and it was all uh, training them and preparing them to do what, to invest in lives, but to also invest in those lives to, to invest in more lives. And so from that, um, I went into uh, nursing and became a critical care RN, me uh, kind of help with the, the bills. And in the process, I finished another degree, and that degree was in healthcare management, which had the same tenor to it. And then from there, uh, I got into mas- my master's work, and that was uh, organizational behavior. And then I finished off eventually with an honorary doctorate degree in the ministry of theology. But it all had the same thing, not only helping people, but teaching those people then to help someone else to help someone else. So it became the revelation of the purpose of my life. It just became my fabric. And that journey, it sounds like there were a lot of uh, various activities and various commitments I mean, all over the place. Yes. But now, let me ask you this. Um, You are one of us. Uh, You are a boomer. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're like me, I think, toward the upper end of the uh, boomer years. Oh, well, I'm not telling you. Uh, No, I'm not asking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But my question is this. Um, Now you are in the zone. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, you're the queen of of nonprofits. And uh, you are doing what you absolutely love. You've gone through the loss of children, the loss of your husband recently, and you are just focused on what you're doing and is absolutely fulfilling to you. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that means to be in the zone at uh, at this stage of life? Well, it provides um, it provides comfort. Yeah. It provides that sense of being significant and having let me, left the world a little better than I found it. Uh, it is a reason to get up every morning. Uh, it's joy. It's uh, it's life, it's life, and I think when our when our calling is embedded in our fabric, our personalities, all about us, like you said in the beginning, that our calling has us. We don't right. have it; it has us, and it just uh, everything we tend to relate to that particular calling, whether it's something we see going by or reading a magazine or whatever right. we just we just automatically have that connection exactly and so it has been just marvelous for me i love every single minute of it you do and sometimes those minutes aren't so pleasant but right. i still love every minute yeah of you're it. very engaged you're in the game and so mm-hmm. that's what i want to say to our listeners is that that's the kind of experience that you can have when you yes. find and fulfill your calling if it's appropriate to start a, a nonprofit that's the kind of thing. I mean, there might be some other ways to go about fulfilling that calling, but that's that's what is available. So we are going to take a break. And uh, Pat, when we come back, I would like you to help us understand the process for starting a 501c3. What do you need from a person that's interested? I mean, they say, well, shoot, I'm just going to give it a try. I'm going to call Pat. I'm going to go to the website. I'm going to do something. What is it that you would inquire, and how does that whole process work? So at the end, they actually have a legitimate 
um, uh, how, what I want to say, not only it's a, a tax-exempt organization. You can receive donations. There's all kinds of different advantages yes. uh, tax-wise and financial. So uh, you can walk us through that. Absolutely. We're going to do that right after the break. Don't okay. go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you, and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Interest rates are still down, and that means the time to buy is right now. Let 24-7 Properties help you find the right house for your current needs. Jeff and his team, they take the time to get to know you and your unique situation to find the home that's just right for you. Search for available homes online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's talk about the type of property you are interested in purchasing. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, back and we're going to continue uh, with our final segment here. We have Pat Johnson with Ministry 911 in the studio and we're talking about this topic, follow your calling, start a nonprofit. That might seem bold, might seem kind of crazy, but I uh, hope you've been listening along the way here because there is some tremendous reward and some tremendous fulfillment when you follow this path. First of all, finding your calling, then uh, working toward fulfilling that calling. It may or may not be the kind of thing that is a fit for starting a a nonprofit. We've talked a little bit about that, but it might be. So let's talk a little bit about how that works, Pat. But during the break, you brought up another uh, nonprofit that I I want us to talk about that before we get into the nuts and bolts of starting a nonprofit. Uh, this is an amazing story. Uh, this young man was um, 
came and wanted to develop a nonprofit where he could help the villages and the people where he came from. And his story starts back in Rwanda. And he ended up being the last male survivor of his village of of the uh, Rwandan genocide. Here he was 11 years old, and Mm -hmm. women who were formerly like aunts and grandmothers and everything like that wouldn't even feed this child because he was from the wrong tribe. And um, so he was, you know, his dad died in his arms. And uh, it's it's just quite a story of his whole life. But when he finally did get to America in the process, he had come to know the Lord and um, and English and a few other things. And when he when he came to me, he had this burden in his heart to go back to that very village that was so unkind to him mm-hmm. and to provide for them two things goats and Jesus. Now, Jesus, (laughs) it's obvious they needed to know the Lord, but goats, why goats? Because almost every male in his village was killed, obviously, during the genocide, so there were very few males. The grandmas and the wives that were left had to take care of the families, had their children and everybody else's, and there was an alarming number of them that had AIDS. So they could not nurse their babies. Mm. And so the goat provides for those women um, a source of milk for their babies and for their children, uh, a, a nutrient for their whole family. Uh, when the goats reproduce, there's meat, and they can even have a cottage business and sell these goats and so on and so forth. So it actually is a means of of uh, bringing life back to that village. And so he went back to with his first uh, number of goats was 50, and he went to the exact women who would not feed him and who were so unkind to him. What enabled him to do that was the love of Jesus that Jesus put in his heart. And that's a thriving ministry that continues to go today. It's based in Vancouver, and it's called Safari Legacy. Safari, like the African safari, Mm -hmm. and legacy. The safari doesn't come from the idea of a a trip. It was his father's last name. Oh, is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's just an amazing, an amazing ministry. And that is just one of so many. Something that's important is that these callings, so much of the time, are also born out of our personal experience. Yes, exactly. And things that have happened in our lives. And the reason that that Safari Legacy can provide goats for the village is because he has a nonprofit. That's it. And he can receive donations, which the donor can write off as a tax exemption. Absolutely. If they itemize, they can include that, so that increases the amount that they can deduct from their, <clears throat> what's it called, their, uh, the bottom line on page one of the 1040. <laughs> their 1040, the, their income tax their, their, um, deductions. It's their actual, you know, their their net adjusted, something. Adjusted uh, income. gross income, yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, yeah. Too much detail for that. So, <laughs> All right, so that's great. And uh, what happens, uh, I can imagine how this young man feels being able to bless his village oh. with these goats and Jesus and make a difference. And here he is in Vancouver. So It's amazing. It are, is. There aren't any goats in your office, are there? Not that I know of. I may change my mind about <laughs> wanting to uh, have an office in that building. Sometimes I hear strange sounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Pat, how does it work? Well, a person comes or calls me up and with a dream, <clears throat> with an idea, with mm-hmm. a dream that's been 
circulating in their brain and their heart and they just can't put it down and so I ask them to tell me about it what what is that dream and mm-hmm. what is it and I get a sense of their passion and I get a sense of the interest that they have in it and their commitment to this thing and then I talk very frankly with them about the kind the particular structure that would serve them the best it could be an LLC and it could be, or most often it is a nonprofit. And you mentioned that we use synonymously the word uh, nonprofit and 501c3. And actually, 501c3 is just one category of nonprofit organizations, but most of them are, are 501c3s that we work with. So once we determine that that is what uh, the best structure for them, then we start with the requirements. What are they going to need to get this thing off the ground, the very first things they're going to need? It actually only takes three people to create a nonprofit. There's a minimum of three people. And then they come in, I take them through all of the documentation, state documentation, uh, federal documentation, and train them and walk them through this process of designing a board of directors, what the board is responsible for, and just kind of hold their hand as far as that goes. And so they provide the information and the input. We do the documents. When we're done, we send them all in. And while we're waiting for the, what's called the determination letter to come back, then I help them with things like policies and procedures and more board training and what have you. And then we talk about things like uh, finances and employment and all of that. So hopefully, as they get going on this nonprofit, they have a sense, a working sense that of what they need to do. And they're not just flying blind. And I imagine that you have heard all the questions. Yes, I have. And then I stay on board for at least a year. I tell them uh, that I stay on board. Part of the uh, fee covers staying on board for a year as a consultant. But the reality is that they have me for life. (laughs) You're hooked because this is what you do. You're in your zone. And that's the way it is when when you have a calling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I like that because what I'm saying is, uh, you know, people say, well, I don't know if I could do that or I don't know if I can make that happen or start an organization or whatever, just call Pat. And uh, I, I imagine, Pat, that when you are listening to the dreams, I'm just guessing that you can hear it in their voice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I can see it in their eyes. I can hear it in their voice. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not unusual for them to, for us to sit down and start talking and they begin weeping, you know? So that it's uh, passion does that to us, you know, passion and uh, calling and conviction, yeah. all that does that to us. And it's a good thing. It's That's not our fuel. A, it's, yeah, it is it's our not fuel. a bad thing. That's why we're both wiping our eyes exactly right now. Exactly <laughs> right. And so I want to say that I don't know if I said this earlier, that uh, the amazing thing that God has put me in a place so that my calling seems to be helping other people find theirs. Yes. Well, how cool is that? It's wonderful. Well, and I mm-hmm. like associating with people like you, Pat, because you have your calling, and you, and it's all about, like you said earlier, it's about helping other people, whatever that is, whether it's mm-hmm. seniors or hungry or, or a village in uh, Africa, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's all, about, it's all about service. And when God gets a hold of us, that's, that is what makes life rich. And another wonderful, wonderful gift in this whole thing. It's about collaborating with each other yeah. and our different organizations. And I can tell you without 
any hesitation, there is zero competition. Mm. There is no competition. Even though we may have three or four veterans organizations or three or four uh, schools or, or whatever, um, there there's never any competition. It's a sharing, a collaboration, a family. And that's all mm. because we are fulfilling the call of Christ. And each is unique. Yes. Different people offer yes. it in a different way or offer different things. So I've got a couple of questions I want to make sure we finish up with because mm-hmm. I know that some boomers are saying, well, you know, I'm going to walk away from my career here because I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to wind down, but I still have to have an income. So do I start a business? Uh, you know, do I sell Amway? You know, what, I what do I do? So my question to you, Pat, and I already know the answer, but I want to have you say it. Can I start a nonprofit and receive an income from that? Absolutely. Uh, when we you come together and we start putting this together and what have you, we do it all for uh, usually under $2,000, which is remarkable because if you go to an attorney or someplace else, they usually start at about 2500 and go on up. Uh, to six hundred or six thousand, ten thousand dollars, and the irony is, we do the exactly the same paperwork. Right. So to answer With your question, a little question, more heart, maybe. <laughs> hopefully, mm-hmm. well, we have some good, pretty good-hearted people out there. But uh, to go back to your question, yes, uh, Scripture says that a workman is worthy of his hire. So he doesn't expect us to, you know, work this thing until we fall down dead. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's another Scripture about not muzzling the ox while he dreads the grain. So definitely you can uh, build into your budget salaries, benefits, anything that you would have in any other kind of employment, including um, um, not unemployment, uh, sick pay and and, and things. Yeah, that that. sort of thing, yes. And uh, so uh, one of the things that I have people do when they start with a focused or when they forecast a budget is we come and we talk about it and then their board rather than being one boss as such there's a group called the board and they make these decisions together because the money that you receive as donations and uh, all that are is considered legally public monies so that's why there's not just one boss mm-hmm. but there is a group but they work together as a team right. there's no one person that's just running the show as such and then uh, um, so one of the things that I recommend is when you do start taking a salary whether you're already in a nonprofit or you're going to start one that the money that comes in for every dollar that comes in each month you take out a certain percentage and dedicate that to the director's salary until you reach the cap of whatever they're going to have for that uh, so that money per month and that sort of thing. The reason for that is if you wait to pay your uh, director until you have the money, you'll never get there. You'll get discouraged. He'll get to, he or she will get discouraged, and it will all just kind of deteriorate. But if you if you do it that way, then you will um, you'll be able to, to cover the bases. And I think you want to say something before I go to. Um, uh, funding. 
So did you have something you well, wanted no, to say? Well, no, that was my question about closing the loop. It's one okay. thing for a board or for an individual to say, yes. okay, well, let's pay him $1,000 a month. Well, where does that 1000 come from? What are some possible sources? I mean, there's okay. a, there's an advantage in being a 501c3, as we talked about, because yes. people can actually donate tax-exempt, Yes. right? But what mm-hmm. are some other ways where uh, funds can be available? Well, I mentioned um, the word earlier on, relationships. Right. And um, when we hear about large organizations and what have you, we hear the word grants mm-hmm. and that people apply for grants. And there are grants out there, some Many of these organizations have received large grants and have received grants. But statistically, grants, um, people, organizations getting grants only averages about 17%. Mm. And the grants that are given are usually dedicated more to projects. They generally to the work that's actually being yeah, done. Yeah, they're generally yeah. not interested in startups. They are <clears throat> interested in a project within an organization. So that that leaves the question, where does the money come from? Going back to relationships, your donors and your investors will love you forever and be donors investors forever if they're people you love and they love you mm-hmm. and they catch the vision. Right. So as you share the vision with them and what you're doing and you have some some things to show them and what have you and they get on board, that's something that even when times get tough, they're going to want to continue to give money to and they're going to be your donors. I have a very few, I, I have some donors that have been with me from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, those people have been relational people. They have been. Now, we get sometimes a little shy about talking to our loved ones and our families and our friends about some of these things. But my experience and the experience of most nonprofit people is when they finally do shake that off and talk to people about what they're invest, what they are doing and ask them to be invested in it, they, a lot of their, the people's response is, why haven't you asked me sooner? Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, I remember one that I, uh, it happened to be our grandson, and I asked him if he would be interested in what we're doing and blah, 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 and, and would he consider uh, being a regular donor? And he said, Grandma, I've been thinking about that for months. Yes, you can receive, you'll mm-hmm. receive that uh, first envelope real soon. <laughs> you know, I've been in the pro- nonprofit world for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my nonprofit is called uh, Life Team International. And so what I've done is I exactly what you're saying. So I share my vision. I actually have like a, a coffee or a dessert or a dinner or something. I may keep the uh, the expenses down, but I invite people to come and hear my heart and hear what I would like to do. Mm -hmm. And I give the vision and I have someone else come up Mm -hmm. to the podium and say, now let's help. What can we do? Mm -hmm. You know, we have a response form that they can fill out and give their pledge. Mm -hmm. I I find it very awkward and uncomfortable to ask for money for me. Mm -hmm. But if it's for the vision and I am receiving an income, Mm -hmm. but we can't do this unless unless I do it because this is you know this is my calling yeah. so and people like that they like to they hear do. what you're doing and mm-hmm. I think you're right that the relational connection is important there is another whole avenue and that is if you have merchandise that you sell 
in, under the auspices of your organization, whether it's books or hats and T-shirts or whatever, those all can be sold and go into to the coffers of your organization. And uh, the banquets you can have and, and all, of, all of that sort of thing. You can, anything that is germane to what you are doing, it can be a fee for service. Mm-hmm. And that is considered a donation, and they can write it off, and it goes into your coffers. And uh, it's actually easier than it looks. But you just have to have enough moxie to ask the people, will you you be involved? And I want to uh, say it's very important that you don't say, will you help me do this? You don't want them helping you do your thing. You want them to come alongside and be a partner in this thing, be an investor in changing people's lives. So they're on board as a partner, not just a money mill. Yeah. that they are involved in this. And then you have opportunities to involve them in what you're doing. Not only will this result in the financial um, needs that you have, but you'll have people come and say, I'd like to help in your organization. Exactly. And they come along right. as uh, want to be uh, right. volunteers or, or help you with things. So it's it's very doable. And I believe the reason for this is because it pleases the Lord. Right. One of the things that we're very circumspect about doing is keeping the Lord pleased and doing things in such a way that he is pleased, not earning brownie points, but pleased so that we are working for changed lives. And then we're working to hear at the end of the day, that well done, thou good and faithful right. servant. If God has placed a call in your heart, I want to give this assurance based on conversation we're having with Pat. He will provide. Uh, he'll raise up people that you hadn't thought of, or he'll uh, open up doors that uh, you haven't even seen before. And I just know that if he's calling you to do it, that's his job is to provide for it. So uh, what you want to do is make sure that you're properly organized. You have a legal entity that can receive donations, and uh, there's a whole lot there. So we're going to close this program, but I want you to uh, go to Pat's website, ministry911.net, and let's have that uh, that uh, that phone, phone number one more time. Yeah, 360-600-1489. I was hoping you'd get a 911 in your phone number somehow, but it's not there. It's in your <laughs> it's website. It's taken. It's taken. <laughs> Uh, ministry911.net. That's our program for today, folks. Uh, We want you to tune in every Monday when we're actually on the air. What you're listening to now, of course, is web-based. It's a podcast. It's a, uh, what do you call it, an MP3? Downloadable. You can stream it. You can listen around the clock and around the world. And uh, you're here on secondhalfnow.com. If you would like a free CD of this show, you can call the office here at the radio station, 503 242-1950. We are Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders, tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, and we are saying goodbye for now, and I say this, until next time, may God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. So let's meet again on the podcast or on our website at live next Monday, 5.30, on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial and your safe money solutions. 
To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.